Hello, welcome to another bonus exclusive exclusive episode. Exclusive. Uh, uh, I'm Steve. Greg is here. I'm Greg. I'm here with Steve. No, Will hates Pokemon, so Will's not here. Yeah. Will, I will say Will's probably napping or doing something that he normally does on a Saturday afternoon, which is like skateboarding or biking, although it's raining here, so he's probably napping with Scrapple. That's probably accurate. Uh, last time we did one of these uh, group bonus episodes, uh, we did best fire type Pokemon. So the obvious thing was to do best water type Pokemon or best grass, but patterns too obvious. So instead, we're going to focus on first Pokemon memories. And we have some people in our little Discord audience that we're doing this on. Uh, and I think a lot of people liked the the first bonus that we did last month. So if you're listening to this, you obviously have access to that. Um, but the problem I think we dropped the ball on was people not introducing themselves properly. So mm. since there were so many people, it got a little confusing. But this mm. is easy because not only can people say, like, this is me, they can then say how they got into Pokemon. Yeah. That, that's something, right? It, it is something. Okay, Greg, you'll be the, before we have people come <laughs> up, you can be the icebreaker. Okay. First... Pokemon memory. When I was born, I <laughs> dreamed of a day when I could collect monsters through a video technology, and I would wait 28 years for that dream to come true. Uh, so the, my first Pokemon memory, I th I've told the story in text, I know that much. Uh, I was a huge comics collector, and at the time Pokemon was being released in America, there were a whole lot of ads for this new RPG coming to the Game Boy. And I was like, oh, that's cool, I like RPGs, whatever. Uh, and then the Star Wars Special Editions were being released, and my brother said, well, we're going to go sit at the Mall of America in line to get tickets, so we can get tickets for the first show. I said, okay. So well, what time are you going to get there? He's like, well, we should get there at 8 a.m. Tickets go on sale at 5 p.m. I was like, well, I am going to need something to do because I don't want to talk to my brother for that long of a time. Uh, so I was like, oh, my comic books have been telling me that I should play this new RPG that looks super cute. And you collect little monsters and you make them do things. And so I bought Pokemon Red. Because it had Charizard on the cover, and I'm like, I like dragons. I'll do that. And then I got into the game, and I fired it up in line, and I was like, no, wait, I like the turtle. <laughs> I want the turtle to be my to be my friend. Uh, so I started with Squirtle, and I thought, oh, I'll just play it for a couple of hours. It'll probably be fine. I sat silently playing the game from 8 a.m. until... I want to say my battery ran out at about three, in which point I had to talk to my brother. Uh, and everybody kept coming up to me. He's like, oh, what are you doing when you're playing? I'm like, I'm playing this game Pokemon. I'm like, ooh, that sounds cool. Can I try it after you're done? And I'm like, sure. Wink. After I'm done. When my Game Boy's dead. Uh, and I was I was addicted the minute I started playing it. Like, There's this, no, like, it, borrowing Pokemon. No. Well, I, you know, it's not like, like, well, it's not like Mario no. where you can just like pass it over right. and be like, do this level. Yeah, here, take take on this gym. Yeah, I was just enchanted by the minute I started playing it. And I I mean, so like, it's funny that I, always, I end up going back to the Mall of America for Pokemon Go and other events, because technically Pokemon, <laughs> Mall of America and Pokemon, that's where we first met. I first met the game sitting in that in that theater on the fourth floor on those very bad floors waiting to play and that is my first pokemon memory i was 28 years old dang okay so i was like nine or ten <laughs> yeah i know you were a child i actually remember it pretty vividly and it's not it's not as great or so yours was your your first memory was the video game yep and my mine I mean, was the anime yeah, I started watching the anime shortly after that, and I was like, oh, this is like He-Man. It's a toy anime. It's not anything like the game, but it's cute. It's for kids. I would, uh, yeah, so I was still in elementary school. It was fifth grade, I believe. Or maybe fourth grade. I don't think it matters too much, but 
I would have to, I was close enough to my school, my elementary school that we would walk. It was like three blocks, mm. three or four blocks. So we never had like bus rides or anything. So I would get up early and then it was watch, we would watch whatever we, ha- we had the like TV on the cart in the kitchen. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like what? Very nineties. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny because that was not a the TVs were way too big when I was that age. <laughs> that was a big console that never left the one room it was in. Like one of those like eighteen inch TVs, like mm-hmm. not particularly big, but still like a CRT. So I'd wake up, uh, I'd have like my cocoa pebbles or my Fruit Loops or whatever, and then we would watch whatever bad morning cartoons they were were on because they were never good enough to be on like the after school cartoons uh so that would either be like garfield and friends or <sighs> gosh i can't even remember the other ones eventually dragon ball made it into that rotation so i would get up early to watch dragon ball z and then get extremely frustrated with it uh and then i gave up on dragon ball z <laughs> why were you getting frustrated with dragon because like nothing happens it's like 23 oh. minutes of like both characters powering up and then you're like oh they're gonna do something this episode and then they don't do anything well then how did you get into the pokemon anime (laughs) (laughs) and then i realized i didn't have to wake up early because it only took me like 10 minutes to get ready for school but my sister would get up early because she had to do her hair and her like she was just getting into makeup at the time so she would have to get up like an hour or two before school so she still did the ritual of like, well, I got to turn on the cartoons as I eat my Captain mm-hmm. Crunch. And she saw Pokemon and thought that I would really like it. So she would she woke me up early the next day or the day after. I think my very first episode was the episode where all the Pikachu are running around, which I think is like episode two or three. Um, it's like when Ash first makes it to the Pokemon Center and then Team Rocket comes down. And then all the Pikachu uh, do the electric running thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... Oh, I barely remember that. I think yeah. that was the it's third episode. It sounds like the third episode, because the first one is all about him waking up late. In the Spiro. In the Spiro. Yeah. Well, uh, is it? Is yeah. That all, is that all that happened in the first one? First episode is for sure Spiro, right? Yeah, because no, at the I end, thought- at the end, uh, at the end of the Spiro episode, the Ho-Oh appears. Yeah, 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 yeah. <gasps> Right. Okay. I'm God. I so I I missed I missed again. the first like one or two episodes of the Pokemon anime. I saw the Pikachu uh, all doing their electric thing. I was hooked since, and then like maybe a month later, or whatnot, because I believe it was a promotion. They sent like VHSs to video game companies, like Game Informer or GameSpot of the first episode to like have them review it but they also sent those first episodes to blockbuster so i remember my mom and i going to blockbuster and then renting the very first episode on vhs and then i was able to finally see the opening of it but then also at that point pokemon got it was like maybe a month or two of it being early morning cartoons and then it got Mm. pushed to the like upn wb after school so yes. then, I was, then they started over again. So I was able to see them all again. You caught them all, so to speak. I caught them all. Well, we can open it up to other people if anyone wants to like raise their hand and come up and talk about their memories at all. You guys hear me? Hello. 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 I'm Amy. It's nice to, I guess, meet everyone virtually. Hi, um, Amy. This feels like an AA I, meeting. Hi, I Amy. I'm waving uh, at the screen, which doesn't do anything, but I didn't want to interrupt. So every time somebody says hello, I'm just waving at you. Understand okay. this. I'll wave back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my first memory, I was being babysat by a very mean babysitter. And so all they would do is throw on TV and then go like hook up with their boyfriend and yell at me if I made any noise. Um, and so the first episode that I watched was actually like episode 33 of the Johto journeys, which is whenever they do like the fire Pokemon race. And I was a mesmerized. Oh, oh, right. 
um that rapidash just like immediately got me hooked and this was whenever they were replaying it on all the tv shows later on like tv channels a couple of years later and it was right around the time where fire red came out um or i'm sorry ruby and sapphire and then i remember playing ruby and sapphire in daycare and like just overpowering my mudkip to no end and beating everyone just with my mudkip and thinking i was the coolest trainer alive i mean that does sound pretty cool it is very cool. Yeah. And starting with the best Gen Gen 3. Yes. 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I never had the uh, the the other person babysit you. I was always, like, the oldest. And by the time I was old enough, they were like, you're babysitting your siblings. Didn't you, did you never have a babysitter? No, because my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Oh. There was a there was an overlap of when I was young, because uh, my brother's three years older than I am. That we had a mutual we had mutual babysitters, babysitters, FYA, that we are still friends with today because that's how my family works. But yeah, then then it, we kind of crossed over the point where my brother was my was my babysitter, which is really just me being on my own because he didn't do anything. Yeah, I was the oldest child, and I'm seven years older than my brothers. And so there was this awkward stage. My parents worked a lot whenever I was younger. So I just got thrown to ra- random babysitters into like aftercare in elementary school until I was old enough to watch myself. So I had some fun experiences, but it's what got me here today. And I'm still obsessed like 20 years later. So yeah, it's a good game. Yes. Wait, how did you, how did you get said Ruby Sapphire? Did I miss that part? I don't know how I achieved it. I just, I have a vivid memory of falling in love with Rapidash. And then I have another vivid memory of like falling in love with Mudkip while in aftercare, like from after elementary school, I got sent to a daycare until my parents could come pick me up. And I just remember like having a level 80 Marsh Tomp beating all of the Elite Four and thinking I was the coolest person ever. And now Gen 3 gets made fun of for that all the time because that's all you did. <laughs> yeah. But you had Pico in Gen 3. Yes. The highlight oh, of Gen 3, Pico. Greg. Yeah, well, no, Rosalia is the highlight of Gen 3. <laughs> uh, then Sableye, then Pico, then the contest, then the underwater, and then the world was split in half, and then there's an actual entire city inside a volcanic crater. So amazing. And there's a red-headed gym leader who's angry all the time for no reason. And electric gym leader who is forgetful i forget what what his whole deal was in the first ones but pico and then there's pico (laughs) and you got to take and you got to take a boat that there weren't trainers on uh all right well let's uh let's do the like round robin aa thing and then um (laughs) thank you (laughs) thank you amy and then uh i'm sure we'll have time at the end where we can have everyone come back up again uh who is next Hello, everybody. Can you hear me? Hello. Hey. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. So for my first uh, memory, I think Red oh, you got to introduce out. yourself, otherwise your our listener is oh, going to yeah. be upset. They'll be like, of who course. was this? So this is Evan, also uh, uh, Bulba Boy on, on Slack. Mm-hmm. And I guess similar to Steve, uh, Red came out right around when I was nine or ten years old. I was probably in third or fourth grade, so I got into it uh, because it was all the rage. I know it's a all-ages game, but they, they market pretty hard to, uh, to that age group, and everybody was playing it. And this was my first RPG, and I had never played one before, and I had no idea what I was doing. I think the first day that I played it, I was very lost. I like, never left Pallet Town. Um, I think you have to go to the grass, and then Professor Oak's like, hey, what's dangerous out there? Come get a Pokemon or something. And but I had like never ventured out into the grass, and I was like, played for maybe like an hour, and I was like, well, that was fun. Put it down for a couple of days, and then maybe a week later, I finally picked it back up, and the game really started. And from there, I was pretty much hooked. And thinking back to I don't, I'm not even really sure what uh, threw me to Bulbasaur in particular. Um, hence my obsession with uh, with Bulbasaur. But do you remember why I didn't pick Charizard again? It was or Charmander. It was uh, I think from not really understanding how the game worked still. But I remember in the anime there was that episode where 
that uh, mean trainer leaves Charizard in the rain, and they're like, oh, if his tail fire goes out, he dies. And I think the Pokedex entry in red and blue was a kind of a similar thing about how, like, I don't know, his tail could go out, and that would be bad. And I was like, well, what if it rains? <laughs> so, uh, and I was like, that's he's probably the weakest one. And I'm grateful for that misunderstanding of the Pokedex entry in the anime, uh, because now I'm not just like all the other uh, big Charizard stands, and I get to uh, enjoy enjoy Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur uh, was my Bulbasaur. first pick. I mean, I liked Bulbasaur, but you know, it's a water squirting turtle. Also, I can we talk about what a perfect beginning it is to sort of like the slight danger of the world of a game that says don't go into the grass, which is your only option because things will attack you. Come get a friend that will protect you. It's like the perfect way to start that bond friendship because there's like that slight hint of if I go there alone, I'll die. If I go there with this creature, I'll live. Okay, I'm in. I also think about um, probably one of my biggest regret memories. I think probably around, I think uh, Diamond and Pearl was just coming out. My brother is a little bit younger than me and he was already just getting into Pokemon, but at that point I was in high school and a little bit too cool for Pokemon. I just got my driver's license and it was Diamond and Pearl release. He was really excited to go get it. I think my parents were away at the time, so he wanted me to go pick him up and, and drive him there, and I probably didn't have anything that important, but I was like, no, like, come on, stupid, we can go get it some other time. I'm, do- I'm doing something else right now, and he was very upset, and I, uh, it's a big regret of mine um, that I kind of spoiled that Diamond and Pearl release for him. So now that the remakes are coming out, I do want to have a little bit of a origin arc with him. I mean, he's an adult now, and of course, could take himself, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I still want to pick him up in the car and uh, drive him to, I don't know, a GameStop somewhere and and uh, get, get the new Diamond and Pearl. Dang, that's Bring so sweet. Full circle. That's so yeah. nice. I have a very strong memory about getting Diamond and Pearl. Because I did a weird thing for Diamond and Pearl. It's when I was really heavy into World of Warcraft. And the guild that I was in decided to do a Las Vegas trip where all of us who had never met before decided to spend the weekend in Las Vegas. It was also... Excuse me? (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. And I don't... Look, I've... I have a lot of friends from that time, and it was it ultimately was great. But it was also when Diamond and Pearl was being released, so I was in the hotel room trying to figure out where the closest Target was or GameStop to get it the minute it was released. And I didn't have a car, and there wasn't Uber or anything like that because we, you know, in Vegas you walk everywhere. So I walked a mile from the hotel to the Target. Went in the minute Target opened, walked back there, and they're like, why are you here? I'm like, I'm here to buy these two games. And they're like, okay. And so then I bought them, and I walked the mile back to the hotel room, and then I didn't leave the hotel until I was forced to go out to meet everybody for lunch. And I brought my, I brought my DS with me, and then, a, and then I found out that a bunch of people in the guild were like, oh, they came out today? Dang, we should have all gone. I needed to bring it up earlier. I also have, like, very vivid memories of Diamond and Pearl, and three months ago, my mom came into my Twitch chat, and she was like, are you excited for Diamond and Pearl? And I was like, the remakes? And I was like, yeah, mom, also, why are you in my Twitch chat? And then (laughs) she went on to say, like, do you remember when we got those games that morning and played them together? And I was like, no, because that never happened. But she was, like, adamant (laughs) that that was a thing we did? But, like, I specifically remember my friend who had a car who ended up being my future roommate because we were in high school and we were bummed because he was the one that convinced me to get back into Diamond and Pearl because he really wanted Diamond and Pearl. And I was in the still in the like, oh, Gen 3 was when Pokemon was lame and you got made fun of for liking Pokemon. That's when I skipped it. And then in high school, obviously, that's when Pokemon became cool again. We were both bummed that there was no midnight release at the GameStop. And we, this was a GameStop. I was one of these like mall rats, but with GameStop, where like we would go to the GameStop like almost every day after school just because we knew the people that worked there. And then other people would come in and it was like a hangout. 
So we were bummed that there was no midnight release for Pokemon, even though there was always midnight releases for like Halo or Madden or, or whatnot. But they said they were doing an early open for Pokemon. So instead of opening at 10, they opened at 8. So I remember him picking me up in his like very barely running vehicle because he just got his driver's license. And then we got there and we got the games and then we got the Dialga Palkia stylus for the pre-order bonus. And then we came back to my parents' house because I was obviously still in high school. And then we played all day. But somehow, for some reason, my mom thinks that that was like her instead of my friend. <laughs> and I can't, <laughs> I don't know if I can break it to her that that never happened. Unless I'm misremembering, but I don't think you, so. It, it may, I mean, let her, let her have that fond memory of you. Don't ruin it. Uh, all right, we should get another uh, voice up here. How long have we been going? I see a hand. Hello? Can can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Hi. Um, So I'm the Lucifuge, a.k.a. Lucy. Um, I guess for clarity, uh, I use he, him pronouns. um, And excited to be here. So for my first memory, like how I got into Pokemon, I don't really remember exactly what age I was. I want to say maybe around eight years old. Um, And I grew up pretty poor so i didn't have like a game boy color or anything but i went to a summer camp and the the woman who ran the camp had a son who was eight years older so the same age as my older sister and he had a game boy color and he would let us play with the game boy color and so i ended up playing pokemon yellow and that was my first introduction to the games and then this was around the time that I, you know, saw the anime on TV and I got into that. And, you know, Pokemon just has been like really a fun memory for me. But the, really the game that was like very, very, very special to me was Crystal. Because that was the first game that, you know, the, the guy let me play like from beginning to end. And I loved everything about it because it was so different. Um, and when I think about it, you know, the Johto region is so heavily based off of real life Japan compa- compared to like red, uh, blue, and yellow. So I think that's why it was so memorable to me, especially like Ecrutique City. And yeah, so I just thought it was super cool. And so it was just my mom growing up, and my uh, I have three sisters, so we didn't we didn't really have any money to afford like the console. So my my grandparents actually bought me uh, the Game Boy Advance. Like every time a new game came out. I would have to bring my grandparents like my report card and I was a good student. So they always bought me like the next game, but I had to have good grades because if I didn't have good grades, they weren't going to like let me get any games. And so my grandfather still has memories of taking me to GameStop like after school because like, you know, I wanted to see like what was the new game coming out. And that was back when they let you actually um, like they had the demos available for like the little machines. You could try out the games and stuff. And yeah, so very positive memory for me. Um, and the cool part was that I've lived in Japan before. So I was able to go to some of the places that were the inspiration for the Johto region. And like thinking back, like the games are kind of bad, but I can't help but like them. Yeah, they, they don't, they're not really good. Like the Johto games are kind of bad, but at the same time, like I absolutely love all the world building that went into it. Um, because, you know, like Kyoto, Nara, all those old cities in Japan, they have so much history to it. And I don't know, I kind of, that's the only part of like the Pokemon games. Like I do miss like so much world building by clearly referencing things that exist. I feel like they did a fantastic job with that in Crystal. And yeah, that's my long story. Everyone has such good stories. Very. Mine was just, I was an adult. (laughs) I bought my own stuff and did my own things. I, I will say that my parents' thing about buying me video games was Space Invaders and an Atari. Yeah, I remember I, coming home sixth grade. Yeah, it was it was sixth grade, uh, and and having a copy of Pokemon Silver waiting for me. But I don't think I did anything in particular um, <laughs> to like earn that. Game. <laughs> you were their child. That is what you did to earn the game. Yeah, well, I mean, like I would. I've said this before, but, like, my family was relatively, like, I don't know, lower middle class, I would say. Like, not super well off. I mean, 
my mom was stay at home. My dad had the full time job, and then we had five kids. So I would imagine, as being an adult now, I would imagine that that was not convenient financially. But I don't think I did anything specific to get that copy of Silver. Although, like, there were instances in my childhood where my parents were like, "If you do this, we will get mm-hmm. you this game." But I think Silver was like the exception to that. Most of mine were released. Were most things were you can get it for your birthday, you can get it for Christmas. Uh, there wasn't much tied to my grades because my brother and I always got really good grades, so it seemed sort of it's like an easy win. <laughs> Because we always got good grades. So it's like, yeah, I can get an A in this class. I'm already getting an A in this class. Buy me things. So that was never on the table. Oh, there we go. Can you hear me? I can. So I'm Spencer. I know I didn't introduce myself last time we had this. Uh, Gaigan Spencer. uh, Much more active in Slack. So hello, everyone in Slack. I was thinking about my first memory, and I honestly can't remember because... You know, Pokemon kind of came out roughly for me the same time, Steve, you were saying, for you. Like, kind of that, like, elementary school, late elementary school area for me. It's just weird to think about, because it was like, it wasn't there, and then it was there. And then I don't remember exactly how it came into my life. I know my siblings were very into video games at the time, too. Um, They were older than me, so they all had, like, you know, an SNES, NES, uh, like, Sega stuff like that so video games had always been in my family's kind of immediate vicinity but i do remember my earliest memory with pokemon i think i've told this story in slack before but um on a family vacation and obviously you know back in the day you had like the gray brick game boy which didn't have any kind of backlight right (laughs) (laughs) super early morning flight and i was like i don't I'm going to play Pokemon, like, on the way over to the flight while we're driving over there. With the dome light on, I was playing and stuff. When we got to the airport, everything went pretty smoothly. You know, we had a nice vacation in New York. Um, my mom actually had to leave early, so she took a flight back. I think she was going to visit, like, other family somewhere else. So she left. My sister and my dad and I, we took flight back, like, late at night from New York. And I swear, we must have stopped in, like, every state between New York and California. Country, just hours of flying you know i had like bags of peanuts at my this is back when you know they still served peanuts too on planes yep with her so i had like tons of bags of peanuts i was like waving to people as they would exit the plane like telling them like oh thanks for flying come again even though like the staff was like looking at me like what is this this neighbor on a plane here with us or something to california we get to the car it doesn't start and it's like midnight already so we have to call the tow truck, and it turns out the battery was dead. And sure enough, it was because I was playing Pokemon on the way of the airport with the dome light on, and I forgot to turn it off. So it had just been sitting there with the light on in the car all vacation for a whole week. I got back, it was just completely dead. Brother, who had been watching our house, like after we got back from the airport from the tow truck, had thrown a party. So we get back, and our whole house is just like. There's people there, there's trash everywhere. And it's like, my dad was so, he was like, just get them to leave. I'm done. Good situation. But something sparked on by Pokemon. That's a pretty incredible story as well. That is outstanding. That would probably be my earliest Pokemon memory. It's very good. Uh, is, is Cubone up next? Hello. 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 Hi, this is Glenn or Cubone Gooding Jr. I don't know, the actual process of me getting my, my first Pokemon memory is pretty simple. I just got a Game Boy Pocket and Pokemon Blue for Christmas. But overall, it's just been a pretty big part of life for me just because I have a brother who is like four years older than me. And we haven't like we don't have a ton in common. Like we hang out and talk and get along, but not a ton, ton in common. But we both got the Game Boy Pockets and the original Pokemon games at the same time, same Christmas. So it's been really like even through our whole lives, like even now, like we're like still collecting Pokemon cards and stuff. So it's been a really great thing that we can have in common that we both really enjoy and have been able to continue enjoy because 
they keep putting out new stuff. So even though we may not have a ton of other stuff in common that we don't like spend a lot of time doing other stuff together, it's nice to have like one thing we can still bond over and still really like get excited about together and excited about the new stuff that's coming out and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, my sister got uh Pokemon Red the same time I got blue, because obviously my parents thought blue is for boys, red is for girls. <laughs> um, that old chestnut. And she, she, like, that was probably, like, the last, like, we both had Game Boys for quite a while. Um, probably, like, two two years before, because we got the Game Boy Pockets with Pokemon um, for Christmas. And... She was pretty into like Kirby and Donkey Kong and all that stuff, but as as she approached her makeup slash hair phase before schools, she like got more and more out of video games. So I feel like for her, the Pokemon was like the last game she like really played before she stopped playing video games. And she only made it she made it till maybe like the sixth gym. I think it was the Seafoam Caves that like got her hung up. And then I remember my mom finishing that game for her. Um, but my mom was more of like a pinball on Game Boy kind of person. Mm. Yeah, I, I I did the same. Like, both of us did about the same as what you had mentioned, Steve, where played up through Gen 3, and then, of course, it became not cool to like Pokemon anymore. So <laughs> fell off all the way until... I fell off all the way until Gen 7 and have been fully back into it ever since then. Uh, unfortunately... My brother's kind of a Gen 1-er, but uh, <laughs> he had all the generic complaints about Sword and Shield that other people had, so unfortunately he's not really back into the games, but... My brother doesn't play Pokemon. There might be saving of. your brother, though. Maybe if yeah, you got you... them Sword and Shield and they played it, they would see pass said complaint. Yes. He has. Uh, he played fully through uh, Shield. So he played well. through Shield, he played through the DLC. He liked, the, I will say, he loved Crown Tundra. Like, the DLC he really enjoyed. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, but he had kind of, like, those generic, like, oh, they made the game too easy, and the mm. complaints about, like, the mm. uh, uh, experience share, where it gives it to everyone, because he's just used to how the older games run. So for him, it was, for him to go from not playing since Gen 3 to jump straight into Gen 8 was a pretty big like departure from what he was used to playing so i i would i think if he had gotten back in when i got back in, back in at gen 7 because i felt like gen 7 was a really good point to get back in because you got a lot of great new quality of life stuff but it still had more of that feel of the older pokemon games so i think maybe if he had come back in at that point also he wouldn't have had as many complaints but again he still like he really liked the dlc stuff so at least he liked some of it. I mean, I guess he would have liked some of it to pay the 30 bucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. He liked I enough mean... of it to buy the DLC, <laughs> to buy the so... DLC. That's fair. I guess that's fair, yeah. yeah. I think was, if you spend the money, you can, you can freely criticize said product, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he spent 90 bucks, so... Yeah, that's, that's a lot of money to spend. I mean, not a lot, but... Yes, if you if you find that it didn't meet your needs, you are free to state what needs it didn't meet without attacking people from the company. No, he he would never go to that extent. He just basically <laughs> was like, "Oh, you know, I didn't like these couple things about the game, but overall I still think he got some level of enjoyment out of it." Like you said, he spent the money on the DLC, yeah. so he must have liked something. Right. All right, I think uh, I think it's bovine's time. I was like, how did bovine and Cubone get up here without me raising? And then I realized they were mods. <laughs> Hello, can anybody hear me? Hello. Yes. So I, um, I am the official bovine, or as everybody in Discord and Slack may know me, uh, bovine or bamboo bovine. Hello. I apologize in advance if you can't understand me because of my accent. I'm, I'm so into this accent. It's, it's a very good accent. I'm I'm falling into my own very uh, childhood forming southern accent, even though I never lived in the south. <laughs> I mean, that's what I've been told, but yeah, sometimes it gets a little too thick, so if it does get hard to understand, just let me know, and I'll try to dumb it down or clear it up. I don't know. But, um, 
So my early memories of Pokemon are the uh, Pikachu edition, yellow version. And I got my first copy along with a Game Boy Color in 99 for my birthday. Um, my biological father was trying to figure out a gift to give me because at the time um, he, him and my mother were divorced. And my um, stepfather now had actually played the games and he recommended to him saying, hey, um, try these games because he had played the red and blue version, I think. So I had gotten the yellow version as a birthday gift and I was instantly hooked. And this was like around the times where where you could kind of sneak in your consoles and uh, the trading card games in the schools before, you know, it's like, oh, if you bring these in, you're going to get detention because it was causing a commotion. And, you know, you had some underground in the bathroom, like black market deals going on where you're trading your lunch money away to get like a special Pokemon or a card or whatnot. So, but I remember bringing my uh, console in and playing the games um, with some of the kids during like recess. And we would do like just the generic battles and whatnot. I would never trade because I was like, no, I can't. I'm attached to everything. Um, I actually made the dumb decision of accidentally letting go of my Bulbasaur at the time. And I realized you didn't get it back. So I had to reset it so I could keep the Bulbasaur um, because who would ever want to get rid of the number one Pokemon in the Pokedex? But I had skipped gen 2 but i had seen other kids play it during um like the after school programs and i'd watch them play and i was like oh, okay yeah that's kind of cool like whatnot and then they kind of had that lull where you didn't have any uh new games for a little while until i can't even remember when gen 3 came out but that was the uh first game that i actually bought with my own money was um Ruby version. So that's why for me, Gen 3 is really special because that kind of was like where I really continued with the franchise. And since then, I had made like a commitment to myself going like, oh, hey, I'm going to buy every single game. So that way I can own it and whatnot. Like some of the copies I have, I got them as gifts as like uh, during like birthday or Christmas or something. If it was like the other version that I didn't get the first time around. Sometimes I get the other one. Um, but for the most part, I would stick with just getting one version. And I had played all through the games, all through the generations, up until um, the first black and white. Um, I had only got the white version. I didn't realize there was a black and white, too. So when I found out about that, like, years later, I was like, oh, that was a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. Like, because at the time, I think, Black and White came out in 2012. 2011, I think, like 20, I think. Yeah, so it was around that time. It was when I was in high school. So it wasn't necessarily that I was thinking, oh, you know, this is for babies. This isn't cool anymore. It was just more of, like, I still love the games, um, but I kind of found other interests, and that took more of my time. Um, like some of the activities in the the clubs I was in and high school kind of took more of a priority. So I wasn't able to continue playing um, my games. So I still kept them, but I kind of just forgot about the series. And I completely skipped over X and Y because I didn't even know that thing existed either. So I didn't get back into the series until about 20... I heard about Sun and Moon in fall of 2017. But I didn't have a 3DS, so I couldn't get the games. Because the one I was wanting to get was um, the, uh, actually the, the case, or the DS that you have, Greg, the Pikachu one. Like, I saw that, I was like, oh, that is so stinking cute. But I didn't so get cute. one. So I wasn't able to get into Sun and Moon at that time, but I was aware of the series. But I got back into it um, summer of 2018, so that was like the year of Legendaries, I believe. And I was able to get a new 3DS Omega Ruby because I was like, oh, yes, let me relive my Gen 3 youth. I don't care. I don't take criticism about how bad it was. I know it was bad. <laughs> but let me just appreciate my nostalgia. 
And then I also got Ultra Sun. So for me, that was a good period to kind of get back into the series, catch up on what I had missed from between Black and White 2 and X and Y and the first Sun and Moon. And since then, I've been keeping up with the games ever since. Like, I absolutely love the Let's Go editions. Um, I made sure I got the Pikachu one because for me, I was like, oh, this is like a flashback to the Yellow edition. And I will, will admit, and I'm not even upset to admit this, but like... When I started the game, I actually started crying. When you see Pikachu running um, on the screen and he jumps to the TV, I was like, oh my gosh, this reminds me of back when I played the game, back in 99. So it was kind of like a huge throwback for me. Um, and it just really made me appreciate the franchise as a whole and just from watching the shows, from collecting the cards, and just like being able to connect with other people who have similar interests and just being able to say, yeah, like, I enjoy this. Like, sometimes I get teased about it, but it's like, okay, it's my interest. Um, I mean, personally, I'd rather be mocked for being a Pokemon fan than being, like, I don't know, no no hate, but, like, like a Yu-Gi-Oh fan or whatever, be like, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> Take that, Yu-Gi-Oh fan. Take that, Yu-Gi-Oh. You activated um, our trap card. <laughs> Like, my stepbrothers were, like, huge Yu-Gi-Oh fans, and they tried to get me to it. I'm like, your card is dumb. Mine are at least, like, I can play them for real. But, yeah, so, like, for me, it's always been a part of my childhood. And, um, like, what's cool is my cousins, they're older than me, but they have, one of them has uh, twin sons, and they play Pogo. And it's really cool because... The last time I got to hang out and see them, we were playing Pogo together, and I went to the park with them and my mother. Um, like, me and my mother, we were watching uh, the twins, and they said, hey, can we use your phone? I was like, yeah, sure. So they were using my phone to play Pogo or whatever. I said, if you see anything, just let me know. Like, you know, have fun with this thing. I'm like, oh, you know, they're just going to catch, like, a bunch of, um, like, Talos and Oddishes or whatnot. And not even five minutes after we started walking, they go, hey, uh, we found something. I'm like, cool, what'd you find? I think it was like, whatever. And it's like, oh, we found a shiny chikorita. I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> cool. So they caught me a chikorita. And if whenever the next time I see that they're still playing, it, I'm playing on like saying, oh, here, like, I'll give you the chikorita because technically you caught even if it was on my account. Just because I was like, okay, I can get myself another chikorita. But like for them, that was really exciting because they were all like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Because they don't have phones, but I was like, yeah, like I'll hold on to it until I see you guys again, and then I'll just transfer it over to y'all. Um, because for me, it's like I want to make sure they continue having that love and appreciation for the series, just like how um, I was encouraged to continue having that love and appreciation for the series. So it's it's near and dear to my heart. I know there's other things that, yes, the franchise has its flaws, but overall, it's like, yeah, like. It's not a game just meant for children. I mean, it's a game meant for everybody. Like, everybody has a starting point. I mean, I am a child, though. Yep. <laughs> so you're a child who babysits other children on the internet. Cool. Great yeah. to know. <laughs> Small world. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Uh, oh, uh, Steven joined. I don't know if Steven wanted to pop up. Uh, hello, Steve and Greg and everybody else. Sorry, I'm a little bit late to the party. But I did bring a little bit of story that I would like to share with many of you about my early uh, Pokemon memories. I don't think it's going to be my first Pokemon memory, but it's going to be definitely my early memories. Sure. So I actually grew up, yeah, I actually grew up in uh, China. As you may know, that China has, didn't get any official Pokemon games until Generation 7. So when I was growing up, I have very little access to get a authentic Pokemon games. Although everybody uh, in my school are were actually playing it. And what we got mostly are those, what you call it, those cheap copies on eBay. What There must be a, a, a word for that. Uh, uh, usually like ROM copies. Right, right. So those are the games that I actually uh, grew up playing with. 
Mm. There are two memories that I would like to share with you. The first one is when I was a kid in elementary school, I do not speak English well. I do not speak Japanese at all. But the game that I'm getting are either the <laughs> Japanese copy or the English copy. And it's much easier to get the Japanese copy for、uh, reasons that are like the, for geological reasons.、Uh, geological reason. So actually, I actually played Pokemon games growing up in the Japanese version. So in Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3, Gen 4, until Gen 5, when I immigrated to the United States and Have very easy access to the authentic copies of the American version. Believe it or not, I, to this date, I still don't speak Japanese at all, but <laughs> I was able to actually play Pokemon games by just looking at the Japanese characters and know this is Thunderblot, this is Pikachu, this is Charizard, and this is,、um, like, Experience Share, all these key add-ins. And this, and also the all 20 natures. That I was able to recognize them in the Japanese character. It definitely gave me a very hard time when I first started to play the English, English version in Generation 5, because then I have to translate or reconnect first all the Pokemon names in the、mm. English, in English. I did not actually grow up in like, like memorizing all the Pokemon names in English. So that's the most challenging part when I first started playing Pokemon,、uh, broken Pokemon Black and White. And secondly, I have to reconnect all the moves names from those memorized Japanese characters combination into the actual English words that I can understand. In addition to that, uh, this, uh, Japanese English thing that I experienced, the other thing that I Many nightmare ways when I was playing Pokemon games as a kid is the battery. Because of those fake,、uh, cartridges, the battery life are <laughs> typically, they only last for a few months. So I actually lost many of my very good,、uh, Pokemon save files just randomly the next time when I opened up the game, the save file was just gone. And not until I have some third party devices that I can put a save file into that exter-、uh, external device so I can save them. And even if I change batteries, I can re- revive those save files into the new battery. So those are the other things that I would like to share with you. I guess even for the authentic copies for now, and all the batteries are probably bad. So if, if you don't have those external device to have a copy of your save file, so those childhood memories are probably all gone in the physical copies. Yeah, I think they switched、uh, that over in Ruby and Sapphire, where the battery in those only remember the clock.、Um, but yeah, in the first six games、uh, red, blue, yellow, silver, gold, crystal that was saved to the battery. Many, many heartbreaks、uh, in my couple <laughs> playing Pokemon <laughs> due to this. Many, many countless heartbreaking mom- moments. Yeah, but that's, I think that's what I would like to share with all of you today. Thank you. That's,、uh, it's always, it's, I remember a lot of people making a big deal about Sun and Moon having traditional,、um, is it traditional Chinese and simplified?、Oh. It's both, both but I can't. Both. Can, yeah, yeah. That, that was like a huge deal. I, have, I had a friend who she grew up playing the German copies of Pokemon. And when she switched to English, she had to like relearn all the Pokemon names again because like most, because like the English names and the Japanese names are like the two dominant names for Pokemon. So like when you say like Snorlax is. German name, I think, is Relaxo. So when you say, like, oh, Relaxo, like, most people don't know that that's Snorlax. So it's just the, speaking、name. of the Japanese and speaking of Japanese and English, I, on top of that, I don't, I don't remember when they actually started the connectivity between these two games, but、uh, I'm 100% sure that back in Gen 1 and also Gen 2, perhaps, you cannot trade between a Japanese version and an English ver- version. That's why. Most of, my, most of my friends were actually playing the Japanese version. Even if I have access to some、uh, English version in the market, I have to play the Japanese ver- 
version because I have to. That's how I can trade with my friends. But you can actually glitch it somehow. I already don't remember the details, but you can glitch it so that they can trade using the link table. And that was the time that I got my first meal glitched meal through that trading method. I don't remember the mechanics. I think it's just like the. Oh, I remember. <laughs> right, yeah. But those actually also one of my fun memories back when years ago or something. Yeah, I remember the exact instant I was like on my front porch with with my friends, and they had a mu, and I didn't, and we plugged in the link cables, and you like I don't actually remember the specific details, but you unplug the link cable at a certain point, at a and then very it, specific point, yeah, and then it duplicates it for um for both people. The last I was, Pokemon oh. I was missing in red and blue as a kid was Chansey and Mew. And I remember duplicating both of those on my front porch as a kid. I was only ever trading with myself, so it didn't make sense to unplug. But I did do the fly out of the safari zone and uh, f- and go up and down the edge of the island glitch. I used that one a lot. That's how oh, I eventually got no my Chansey. Yeah, but if you left a specific area, it would populate that one strip with the Pokemon that were found in the safari area you left. So I went to the area that Chansey was supposed to be in, flew out to there, and then just caught Chansey on that strip. (laughs) Because it was too frustrating in the safari zone. Well, all right. I think think that's our episode. We got a variety of voices sharing their first Pokemon or their earliest Pokemon memory. So it was exciting. Anything else you got, Greg? Nah, I'm good. Nah. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for uh, the support on Patreon. Uh, If you are made it to the end, you get two bonus Patreon episodes every month in your premium feed. Uh, The... Guests on this week's episode pay for the uh, $25 tier, which gives them the ticket to access these events so they can participate. Um, so if you ever want to be on, that is where it's at. The reason it's priced that way is because it would be very hectic if there was like 100 people here right now. <laughs> but thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and we will see you next time. I don't have a good outro, Greg. Greg, think of something. Thanks, everybody. We enjoyed your company and your wonderful stories. Until next time, keep spinning those stops for Pokemon. Bye.